time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we wake up with a Saturday morning sun, plop down on the lever and forth the big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, we watched Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox. And we'll probably just call it Flashpoint, or Flashpoint Paradox for the rest of the episode, because that's a really long title. That is a long title, and I don't want to say that every time. (laughs) I'll let you handle that. (laughs) And this was suggested by Nico of New World Nerds. So go check out their YouTube page. Um, Search for New World Nerds. Um, As I said, last week we met them at a convention. They're really cool guys and um, and big nerds like me and Joseph are. So definitely check them out. Yay. Yay, nerds. (laughs) Yay, nerds. Cool. So thank you, guys. Thanks, Nico and uh, your whole team, really. So the Flashpoint Paradox came out in 2013. Uh, it was based on a DC Comics crossover event Flashpoint, written by Jeff Johns and penciled by Andy Kubert in 2011. And this one in particular was directed by Jay Oliva, produced by DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers Animation. For a short synopsis, Flash finds himself in a war-torn alternate timeline and teams up with the alternate versions of his fellow heroes to return home and restore the timeline. So Chris, uh, who were a few people who were in this one? Okay, so I'm just naming a few people. Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash, was voiced by Justin Chambers. Victor Stone, also known as Cyborg, was voiced by Michael B. Jordan. Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, was voiced by Kevin Conroy. Clark Kent, also known as Superman, voiced by Sam Daly. Arthur Curry, also known as Aquaman, voiced by Carrie Elwes. Hal Jordan, also known as the Green Lantern, voiced by Nathan Fillion. Diana Prince, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, voiced by Vanessa Marshall. Captain Adam, voiced by Lex Lang. Billy Bastion and Iris, both voiced by Jennifer Hale. Lex Luthor, voiced by Steve Blum. Lois Lane, voiced by Dana Delaney. Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke, voiced by Ron Perlman. Thomas Wayne, also known as the alternate Batman, voiced by Kevin McKidd. General Lane, voiced by Danny Houston. Nora Allen, voiced by Gray Delisle Griffin. And Eobard Thwan, Voiced by C. Thomas Howell. There's a lot of people and a lot of names that I recognize, which is cool. Yeah, that was a lot of people. And if we went into every single one that we knew from previous episodes, we would be here forever. Yes, we would. But, Along uh, with um, lots of actors um, in here that that a lot of them don't typically do voice work. I mean, Nathan Fillion does, but we got Michael B. Jordan, Ron Perlman, Danny Houston, all actors that aren't normally, I, I don't see them pop up as um, um, voice actors very often. So it was cool to see. Yeah. And just to note, uh, Sam Daly is the kid of Tim Daly, who was the original voice of Superman in the animated series. Oh, really? That's cool. I did not uh-huh. know this. So for a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of Flashpoint cereal, Deathstroke's ship is named Ravager, and this is a nod to the comic books where his daughter is codenamed The Ravager. Oh. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's kind of hot in a way. While Barry is running through a street to Wayne Manor, you can see a homeless man holding up a sign that says the end is nigh, and this is a reference to Rorschach from The Watchmen. Uh, there's another comparison to Rorschach that I'll make later. Okay. And uh, lastly, this film acts as the first installment of the DC Animated Movie Universe, a new series of DC Animated Films set in the New 52 and taking place in the same universe. Well, new is relative to 2013 when this came out. <laughs> right, At- because the New 52 is gone now. Yeah, now it's a uh, Rebirth. Right, which is way better. So far. In my opinion. You I know, think... The, the, uh, like, five issues I've read. <laughs> yeah, right. Since you're the huge DC connoisseur. Right, exactly. Oh, oh, okay, I'll go ahead and throw that out there. Because I, I don't know a lot of DC stuff, aside from Batman. I've read a lot of Batman, some Superman. Um, most other characters I haven't read a lot. So, if any listeners want to shoot me what you think is the essential or the best story arc for each of the main, like, Justice League characters... So, you know, say Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Cyborg, 
any of those guys, let me know. Uh, Aquaman and um, so I and and the Flash and and so I can read them and kind of get a feel for what is the best of some of these guys because. I tried a new 52, and man, I did not like the new 52 almost at all. Batman was the only one that I enjoyed reading, um, probably because Scott Snyder was handling that, and Scott Snyder is great at everything, pretty much. So Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what the best one is right now. Probably still Batman. I think Batman will probably always be the best. Yeah. DC is the house that Batman built. That's what they say. That much is true. So do you have any memories of this at all like did you know this was a comic series before coming into this so i knew that there was a flashpoint um like event in dc Mm -hmm. i didn't know that much about it other than flash screwed up the timeline somehow and that's pretty much the only thing i knew about it so i was going in to this movie with um, completely fresh eyes, not knowing what's going to happen, just having a general idea of um, the setting for what's going to take place. I think that's actually probably for the best because this is something that throws a lot of curveballs at you, especially if you're not familiar with the storyline. Right. So, and a lot of the renditions of the characters are are very different from their counterparts so yeah and so here's a question for you because you've read this before so Uh how faithful was the movie to the comic it was pretty faithful honestly there was a okay so if you were just to look at it you know how comics and in those uh, storylines they have like the main issues and then they have like these side stories in there yes yeah. This one brought in some of the side story stuff, but it also left a lot of the side stuff out of it and just focused on the primary story. And I see why they did that, because they have to fit it into an hour and a half. So sure. there's only okay. so much they can do without convoluting it completely. So Got it. But as far as overall story goes, they stayed pretty faithful to it with a few changes here and there. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, I won't even be necessarily comparing it to the comics while we're talking about it, because it's pretty much uh it's pretty much scene for scene aside from maybe some characters are doing something that other characters were doing uh in the right. comics that they didn't even add into this this movie so yeah. uh yeah it overall though very faithful so uh let's just go ahead and start talking about it i mean we we don't really have a preamble to it so right it opens up with Barry Allen speaking with his mother. And I assumed from this, or I gathered from this, that his mother is now dead. Um, seeing how he came home and his mother was dead. Yeah. <laughs> In the flashback, so. Yeah, they give you that really quick. And maybe uh, the first five minutes, would you say, of the movie, you get to yeah, see. You get to see. They didn't, they didn't let us know who did it, though. No, but you get to see how close they were and kind of how she's imparting wisdom onto her son. And then uh, you get a kind of a a quick montage of him coming home on her birthday, seeing her dead on the floor and then cutting over to her funeral. And then from the funeral, it transitions to Barry, adult Barry at her grave in the future. And then he has to go to the Flash Museum because it's being raided by bad guys. First of all, why is there a museum for the Flash? Like that, that seems weird to me. Like, do, does every superhero have their own museum of, of their stuff? Like, what the heck would be in there? <laughs> well, the the Flash is just, uh, he's very popular in Central City since that's his, uh, that's the place he protects. In the same way that Batman is popular in Gotham. Well, and yeah, so, but like, I, I don't see Batman, like, donating his own stuff to a museum. Like, right. Does the Flash donate, like, what would he donate? He doesn't have gadgets. Does he just give him his dirty suits? I think it's just. I think it's just honoring him. I don't know. I don't know the specifics of the museum. Weird. Yeah, but these are his. (laughs) The people raiding it are his typical rogues. You've got Mirror Master, Heat Wave, Captain Cold, Boomerang, and a couple others. I did recognize a few of them. Yeah, and the the rogues are actually Flash's rogues are actually pretty cool in in certain ways. I mean, I don't know much about Top or why, or if it, what, the guy who was just spinning, I don't know if that, his name was really Top or not. Could they have just called him Dreidel? Dre- the Dreidel. <laughs> the Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. You have to say his <laughs> name three times. The Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. <laughs> but is he made out of clay? Uh, yes. Okay. It, oh, they, they could have a Jewish version of Clayface that turns into a Dreidel. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be Jewish weird. Cousin. 
and probably anti-Semitic in some way. Oh, no, I think we're empowering them. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see it. We never get cool Jewish heroes or bad guys, except for Kitty Pride from Marvel. But... Oh, yeah, true. She is. Yes. But uh, the, the purpose, the person who set up all of this, of course, is Flash's primary villain, Reverse Flash or Eobard Thawne. And uh, he is, in this case, like he really has him dead to rights because he's got him kind of attached to the wall with this um, some kind of gooey I don't know, glue, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got some goo on him. <laughs> stuck him to a wall. Right. That's kind of a weird plot. Like... Here's a bunch of goo. Yeah, it's and just like, like, all right. Well. It's like that. that's what it took to stop the Flash, I guess. And then and puts so, a bomb on him. Yeah, he's got a bomb on him. Goo. And then he reveals that he's got bombs on all the other rogues, too, without yeah. them knowing. And I thought that was pretty cool because they were just like, what? Like, you're going to kill all of us? And he's right. assuming he's going to get away. Flash is able to, like, kind of reverse that and get him stuck get that glue on him and get him attached to a wall as well or attached to a a display case and then uh, the justice league comes in after flash has contacted them and i like the way that they all have their individual um scenes where they stop these these because these bombs aren't really they're from the future so they're not your typical bombs that can be easily you know um dismantled or and so what uh, what ends up happening is each of the Justice League members has to stop these bombs in a certain way. And I really like Superman's, too, where he just kind of, like, puts his hands Cups around his it. Hands. Yeah, yeah. And it blows up. Yeah, now, encapsulates that explosion. I did have some issues with the Justice League in this. And that is um, how some of them were drawn. Because I'm sorry, like, Superman and Aquaman both look really weird. Like, their bodies um, are huge, but their heads are kind of goofy-shaped. Um, like, Aquaman, not as bad, but I honestly thought Superman looked terrible. Um, and and Wonder Woman, too. Like, she, she wasn't drawn weird, but her face was just, like, really soft. Her eyes looked a little bigger than everyone else's, almost anime-ish. And I just thought she looked... She didn't feel like a warrior. Like, that, that fierceness was wasn't on her face like I come to expect which is okay um but like like I said with Aquaman and Superman I thought they looked kind of stupid Wonder Woman just a little bit to be desired there um other than that though I think that the animation and um the layout and everything looked really nice looked really crisp the animation was was gorgeous the colors were great it was just those three I thought were drawn really strangely yeah and i and i did not like i eventually got over wonder woman because when we get into the other side and she actually is you know starts showing that she's gonna be a um then i'm like okay that works at least you know if she doesn't look fierce she's acting it um and same for aquaman but like no matter what superman looked stupid (laughs) well you that's my that's my problem with this i think uh it really makes you miss the the like Batman animated series, Bruce Tim animation. Kind of style. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they they strayed away from that somewhere and I don't like necessarily where they went because it's all very stylized and not necessarily in a a good way, at least the characters. Like you said, the the scenes and everything were great. The animation was very fluid and the the action scenes were awesome, but yeah, the characters, some of them just looked a little off yeah or their torsos were just so elongated they looked like they didn't look human necessarily their proportions yeah superman and aquaman to me kind of looked like they were designed by rob liefeld or something who is notorious Mm. for giant bodies and and just weird non-proportional appendages and things like that so i was kind of like eh yeah, but, but that's honestly, I think my only issue as far as the animation goes, like at all. Yeah, like it, it didn't bother me. I mean, it bothered me a little bit, but it was one of those things where I looked past it immediately because I was focused on the story more than I was the the character stylizations, I guess. Sure. But uh, so what happens then after the explosions are all stopped and uh, Reverse Flash is taken to to uh you know maximum security prison we get to see barry wake up and he's you know he's at in at the police department he's at his job and you know things are not really nothing's going differently than it normally would he leaves to go and do something and then 
like as he steps out, he runs into his mom, who at this point should be dead and has been for many years. And so and it's her birthday. So right here you see just like something's really mixed up and not quite right. Well, and then he also, like, the reason that he left in the first place is because he saw a news broadcast about um, there was these two, what he thought were supervillains that he knew were fighting in the streets. But, and then he was telling his boss, oh, yeah, like, the the Flash will stop him kind of thing. And he was like, who? And then he was getting one of the bad guys' names wrong because it turns out in this this um, um, alternate universe that he's in, that, that particular one was not a bad guy. Um, but I don't know, like... <laughs> it it was weird it was a weird transition to me because I felt like you needed to see something to indicate that that something was going to be different. So like at first I was just very confused. I'm like, "Oh, are are we in the alternate universe thing now?" Like I I wasn't quite sure at first. I got a little confused. Yeah, it, it's it's because I think it's a big part of it is because we don't get to see what leads up to it because that's part of what you know caps the story off at the end so it saves the in between for us until then so but for now we're kind of on the same page as barry we don't know what's going on and he the first person he thinks of to to talk to us about is bruce batman and you know he, he goes to wayne manor he's prepared to speak you know he he's as he normally would it's kind of like run down though and it's different it's empty alfred's not there nobody's there and he goes through behind behind the uh, grandfather clock which is where the entrance always has been and as he gets down there he's looking around calling for bruce and then he just gets hit in the back of the head by batman yeah and this is not uh the batman he knows this is actually, um, we, we end up finding out that this is not Bruce Wayne and that Bruce Wayne was actually killed as a child and that um, Thomas Wayne, his father, ended up becoming Batman. And it's later, like, they don't confirm it in this movie, but it's hinted that Martha, his mother, became the Joker, which is really cool and I did not expect. And I was like, what? Yeah. Awesome. Like, I I like that idea. In the comics, they do that better because this is one of those side stories like I was talking about where you actually get to see Thomas confront Martha you know, as Batman and her as the Joker, because oh, nice. this this reveals it so early by showing that scene, but they don't ever talk about it again. But in the comics, it's like way later on that you get to actually see what happened. Like, you don't know what happened to Martha. You assume she's dead or something. And then you see way later on that reveal. And then you're like, oh, my God, like, that's crazy. That's the that's what yeah. happened. But they, they say, make it such a quick scene here that it's really, it's not as effective as it was in the comics. Well, yeah, and this, basically, it was just like she got Bruce's blood smeared on her face, and it looked kind of like the Joker smile, and then she starts laughing maniacally, like going crazy. Yeah. Whoa, okay. All right, yeah. I like where this is going. It's still a cool idea, and it is exactly the way it happens. Well, it is what happens in the comics. It's just done yeah. differently yeah. and uh, to a much bigger effect, but... I see why they did that here, just so they could show you quickly what happened and set the stage. And um, I got to say, dude, like Thomas Wayne as Batman, I like him way better than Bruce Wayne as Batman. <laughs> like, I love Batman, but Thomas Wayne Batman is like Batman and Rorschach had a child together. Yeah. I'm like, this guy is awesome. It's like Rorschach wearing the bat suit. Yeah. Yes. Thomas, Thomas Wayne was a huge pessimist. Like he, He's so and, awesome. And he ha- he has no restraint either. He's not. No. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. He, he will easily kill like villains. Like he fights. Oh, yeah. The first fight we get to see of his is uh, against um, Yo-Yo, which is this universe's version of Harley Quinn. And yeah, he's fighting her. I was her. wondering that. Okay. He, yeah, and so he's fighting her on a rooftop, and she's, you know, doing her yo-yo whips and whatever, and then he gets gets the bet- better of her and, you know, is basically holding her up like Batman wouldn't, just, like, asking her where the Joker is and all that, and then she doesn't, she said, like, I don't know, she says he could be dead or something, and then he's like, all right, then then you, so are you, and he just throws her off her off a rooftop not yes. like not dangles her over and threatens her just seriously just throws her and forgets about it 
Yeah, which is which was crazy. But like, I I honestly think that this version of Batman is super interesting to me. And like, if if they did like a an alternate universe um comic line of just this Batman, I would absolutely read that man. Like, I'm I'm so interested in this Batman and his world. Like seeing like the the different um, villains he would face up like the female <laughs> yeah. Joker being his his wife and like oh man I would I would love to read that I, even, I really hope that that's a thing at some point if it's not already even if you never read uh, the the Flashpoint series the whole thing at least read the Batman portion of it then because oh, yes. it, it goes it doesn't give you like a ton more but you get a little bit more uh, and you get to see behind the scenes stuff. And him confronting, you know, Martha slash the Joker. And so those are really effective comics. Um, And and it's kind of a small version of what you were asking about. Cool, cool. But yeah, at least check those out. I love that. But Um, I also like the way he looks too, like with the red eyes and stuff. His suit is cool. Yeah. Uh, And and he's got like the pointed shoulders, which looked like really menacing. And, you know, they actually look more like a bat than the traditional bat suit. Because it and, looks like the claws on the wings. Yeah, and he's got so. a five o'clock shadow and everything. He just looks menacing. He just looks mean. Like yeah. he's a scary looking guy. And he's almost like he's almost like the Ben Affleck Batman we got in Batman v Superman. Honestly. Kind of, yeah. Like you can appreciate that about it at least. Um, what was cool too is here it's also revealed like well um, Barry realizes he's in a different reality and. Um, what also is cool is that we find out that the big thing that's affecting this entire world is that Atlantis and the Amazons are at war together. And it's basically been destroying the planet. Like it's been leveling countries. Like I'm pretty sure that like something to the fact of like Europe is pretty much decimated by this yeah. point. Um, Millions and, have been and killed. It's on the way to the, yeah, it's on the way to America. Like the fight is coming to America. And um, yeah. And, and man, are some of these brutal because you, you like um, start seeing the point of view from um, the Atlanteans and from the Amazons and you see like Steve Trevor, who in the main series is like, you know, Wonder Woman's kind of lover guy. And she just straight up kills the crap out of him. This one, like no questions asked. Just, yeah. Like, hangs him and breaks his neck. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And, and she, like, she doesn't even like have any remorse in her face she just like flies up with him hanging from the noose and yeah kind of smiles when he dies and one thing that surprised me is because i didn't look to see what this was rated as far as if it was like pg-13 or something yeah was this rated r because there is some really strong stuff in this thing i don't was it 13 I don't know if it was rated R because it's like there's not swearing or anything, but there is a lot of blood. There's a lot of blood. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of killing. There's some sex involved, um, which that was interesting to me. Um, the... which, like, like we can wait until we get to kind of that point where that's revealed. But sure. Yeah. That was very interesting to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll wait a little bit for that. But uh, just to talk a little bit more about to set it up a little bit so you've got we already mentioned batman and he threw off he threw yo-yo harley quinn off the roof and uh if not for cyborg who just happened to be coming to meet up with batman well not meet up with him to come basically confront him uh cyborg catches yo-yo and then just i guess i don't know if he takes her to jail or whatever he does he probably just lets her go and then he, because he has important business with Batman, he needs him to be a tactician because Batman, at this point, Thomas Wayne is a master tactician, as he is in the comics now, too, master detective. Right. And so he needs him because he's working for the government. Uh, I can't remember what Cyborg said he was. Uh, a national security like, advisor. Yeah, he's basically like monitoring all data like across the globe. Mm-hmm. And informing the United States government and stuff. And so he sets up, uh, he, in trying to get Batman to lead this resistance group that he's a part of, or basically as resistance as far as being part of the government, he's got these other people on hologram with him, uh, kind of a hologram video uh, in a small meeting. You've got the all the... In this one... Normally, Billy Batson is Shazam and just one kid. In this one, it's like the whole like uh, Marvel kids family. 
and uh, they are uh, all com- they all combine to make Captain Thunder in this case, which is the same thing as Captain Marvel, but it's a combination of all these different kids instead of just one. I, I don't remember right. the specifics of that. I think it goes into it a little bit more in the comics, but I can't remember what it was or why. That, that was really strange to me because I guess I'm not familiar with those characters that much. But I was like, I knew Billy Batson was Shazam. So when I saw him and a bunch of kids turn into this one character, I was like, what? Why does it take that whole group of kids to turn into this guy? Yeah. When it used to be just Billy Batson into the one guy. Yeah, I feel like there was a good reason for it. I just can't remember what it was. Okay. But you've got them, and you've got some other people there in the meeting as well. They don't really say much, um, and but Batman denies them at first because he doesn't want to be a government pawn or anything. And and he, as far as he's concerned, the war's already over, like you said. Like we're gonna basically world's gonna end, and he doesn't care because he still right. got the chip on his shoulder, as you would, I guess, if your son was killed in cold blood in front of you. Yeah. So he does not care, and. That's when Flash comes or Barry comes to Wayne Manor and he gets, you know, he talks to Thomas a little bit at first. And then that goes into Steve Trevor being hung by um, by uh, Wonder Woman Woman. because he's looking for Lois Lane at the time. And then we see Barry try to convince Thomas that he was a superhero, that he was the Flash because he finds his ring on the floor or I guess it falls out of his pocket or something. And so he he uses it to to bring his suit out like he normally would, but it, it looks like uh, it is the yellow suit that uh, Thawne wears, the reverse flash. Yeah. So it's his way of, it's Thawne's way of sending a message, basically telling Barry, like, I'm, res- I'm responsible for this. So just so you know, it's kind of a call, not a calling card, but just to let Barry know that he is the one responsible for all of this. And we get to see this, um, a scene of the Atlanteans attacking a ship that Lex Luthor and Deathstroke are both on. Um, that was cool, yeah. And, man, this was brutal, dude. Like, I, I kind of expected, as I normally do if Lex Luthor is involved, I'm like, all right, he's going to have a big role. Because he always does. But, dude, he doesn't last more than a few minutes before Aquaman just impales him with his freaking trident. I was like, yeah. whoa! Like, I, I was not expecting this to be that brutal. Like, so these moments really caught me off guard. And, and I, I don't dislike them. It was just <laughs> very shocking to me because I did not see it going this route. So, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. And also when um, they, they do try to recreate the um, the Flash incident back at Wayne Manor to try to turn Barry back into the Flash... I, I was just like, oh, yeah, deus ex machina. Like, he's just going to he'll get his powers back. But instead, he gets, like, extra crispy, <laughs> dude. Like, he he is covered in third-degree burns, and he failed miserably. And he's like, looks like he's dying. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, it, it really, that's what I mean, like, as far as curveballs go. It does throw you for a loop a couple times. I did like yes. the ship battle, too, just because... I like seeing Clayface on there. I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, Clayface. Oh, man, I love Clayface. He is one of my favorite Batman villains of all time. It's unfortunate that he didn't last very long in this one. He just gets blasted apart by Ocean Master, but yeah. still, you know, the, it, that's it was the cool thing seeing is Every cameo in this movie does not last very long. They all die pretty quickly. Yeah, for the um, most part, yeah. It's, it, it's very... That, it. it in in retrospect, like having seen Rogue One now, this movie very much reminds me of that as far as a oh, death toll yeah. goes. Right, yeah. Um, like all the main characters are pretty much going to die. Yeah. Um, Black Manta was helping Atlantis, which surprised me because they were like mortal enemies. But I guess in this um, timeline, I guess Aquaman hadn't killed his father or whatever. I think that was the reason that they were at odds, right? Uh, Something like that. But in this one, it's like Atlantis is not... There's no civil war with in Atlantis at all. Like, they're all working as one right. against uh, basically all the land dwellers and Amazonians. Yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, that was interesting. I didn't expect them to be on the same team. I didn't see if Deathstroke was killed or not. I couldn't tell. I'm... I guess it's implied that he's dead, but I don't think we see him go down. 
I don't think he, in the comics, I think he is taken out, but he's not killed and he's resuscitated at a certain point. But yeah, it, it doesn't, in this one, he doesn't come back at all. So I don't know if it's implied that he's killed or not, or if it even matters to the movie plot. And then we get to see the reason for the whole war, like how it started, which that was very interesting. I didn't expect that at all. Like that was the last thing I expected to start it, but um, it had me intrigued. I thought it was very cool. And it made me sad because I love Mira as a character. And I was like, oh. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. Yeah. So the setup was, and I I think it goes into more specifics uh, in the comics, of course, but this gives you a good quick montage of what happened, which was the Atlanteans and the Amazonians were basically having a peace treaty and, uh, you know, Wonder Woman and Aquaman shake hands and then they they kind they of have, have like look. a... <laughs> they have, yeah, they have a look, they have a respect for each other and kind of a lust for each other, even though um, Aquaman is the king of Atlantis and has his queen already in Mira. And they, uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman have a thing and they, they have a tryst. Mira sees this, she witnesses it. And so, I mean, you could say it's Aquaman who started the war, but it's really more Mira that started it because... Her first Kinda. instinct was to try and assassinate Wonder Woman at that point, you yeah. know, the head of the Amazonians. And that in doing so, Wonder Woman strikes back and kills her, decapitates her, and then takes her crown and wears it as not a trophy necessarily, but a warning to anyone right. else who dare oppose her. And, well, and that, she like, like holds the head up for display after she kills Mira. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. And and that sets Arthur off, of course, because that's his queen, even though, you know, he's already cheating on her with Wonder Woman. It's like, I guess a line was crossed. And so both sides now, the heads of both sides are at war with one another, which brings the rest of the groups in against each other. Right. Um, Oh, my gosh. That Yeah, that was... uh... A really cool twist of the story I didn't see coming. Like, I, I just kind of figured we weren't going to see an origin of the war. But the reason they gave it, like, I thought it was interesting. And it felt very, like, um, kind of Troy to me in that way. You know, like, um, it was started by, like, a love story gone horribly wrong. Yeah, I think it was it was well done. And it was a great way to start it in this timeline. It, yes. Because initially it had started with peace. And that peace was instantly turned around and went into something much worse and then and we we get to see lois lane finally and i gotta say i love lois in this one such an awesome character like i love how they wrote her i love the way she talked her in her very sarcastic kind of way um but then she gets saved by um by thon yeah which was unexpected they they didn't make it obvious you just see a blur of yellow and then all of a sudden she's saved and at the time, like, you're almost led to believe that it was Barry since he has that the yellow suit. But then you're like, well, but he doesn't have he was almost killed just now. So he couldn't have those powers yet. Yes. So and then that's when all of these kind of side characters come in the resistance that is Grifter from Wildcats, which we watched before. I know. I was yeah. like, oh, I got Grifter. <laughs> And then uh, uh, I can't remember who else it was. I know one of them Etrigan. was like Miss, yeah, Etrigan, of course. And there I was love me, Etrigan. Mrs. Hyde, yeah, Etrigan's awesome. He's a demon that has to rhyme everything. Oh yeah, it's Grifter, Godiva, Canterbury Cricket, and Mrs. Hyde. And uh, so it's all these weird uh, side heroes right. who are part of the resi- resistance. And you're like Lois thinks that one of them saved her because they come in immediately after she's rescued. But yes. then they're basically like, no, like none of us are speedsters. Like none of us can go that fast. So I don't know what you're what you're talking about. And that's when it cuts over to uh, Barry. Who? Well, is this after? Oh yeah, this is that, this is after that takes Barry place after Barry gets actually gets his powers. This yeah, because he has to do it a second time, and it looks like it's going bad again. And then a plug comes loose. Thomas jumps in and plugs it back in, and then like a kind of a shock wave comes off of Barry's body and like uh, blows Thomas off of the rooftop, and he's almost going to be impaled by a fence when Barry gets his speed back, sees what's happening, time slows down around him, and he's able to rescue him. And he's like, all right, 
like now now it's good now you know i told you i was fast i think is what he says well and the thing that was confusing about how lois was saved is that so he got his costume and he vibrated really quick and somehow that turned it red instead of yellow yeah so he so he has his normal suit for some reason but then there is the yellow blur when lois is saved so we're like wait a minute so at first i was wondering if it was some kind of mistake but then i was like okay i guess they were obviously trying to show that it wasn't barry because it was yellow and Mm -hmm. barry has a red suit right now so yeah but i was kind of confused by that at first and yeah i mean it's i think it's that's about how it plays in the comics too so it's okay it's meant to mislead you a little bit, but then you're like, it leaves you kind of wondering what's going on because you know Reverse Flash or Thawne is still in this somewhere, but you're not sure where he is. He hasn't revealed his plan yet, so you don't really know what's happening. And uh, so you then we jump over to Hal Jordan, you know, as who we know as the Green Lantern in, in norm, the normal universe, but he is not the Green Lantern here. He's still just an ace pilot, but he's kind of set up in a very Independence Day type scenario where he is, they're looking for an an ace pilot to go, almost a kamikaze pilot, well, not almost, basically a kamikaze pilot. It is a kamikaze mission, for sure. Yeah, to go and stop the Atlantean subs that are coming up to shore in America. And he knows his job, he's ready to take it, he, you know, he's basically, since he's got so much will as the green lantern and he's he doesn't fear anything and that's still his character now just minus the green lantern powers so they present him to the ship that he'll be taking which is the the same ship that came to earth before and gave him his green lantern powers initially but this time the ring just shot off into space and went somewhere else so he didn't get the powers but We as a, you know, we've got the ship, we've reconstructed it, or we've been reconstructing it uh, over the years since it landed, and this is what's going to be used to, in the same way Will Smith used the the Independence Day alien ship to fly in there. That's why I <laughs> was thinking of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's got his mission and he chose to accept it. And then died. And then died. And in, really in a non-grand way. Like, he was... Basically, he was eaten by a leviathan, and yeah. he blew the leviathan up. And then yeah. Aquaman was just like, all right, well, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's just like, oh, okay, well, carry on. <laughs> You'll be missed, um, friend. So then they have this idea of, um, well, Flash has this idea of like, hey, yo, where's Superman at? And they're like, who? And he's like, okay, so Superman like obviously crashed somewhere, and if we find him... He could be our key to stopping this whole thing. So Cyborg does some research, find out that there was something that crashed, you know, the same time that Superman would have crashed on um, the uh, the normal timeline. But this was kind of contained by the government and they had taken Superman and kind of hid him away like Akira style in this containment unit. So they go to free him and instead of finding like awesome Superman, they find like this really scrawny, creepy man child with Superman's powers. And um, they're like, well, crap. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, he in this in this spot, he has no powers because he's in a containment unit that's got um, that's using red sun energy. And that's what basically what takes Superman's powers away. So he is being contained here and as a, basically a lab rat. I did not like this uh, version of Superman. It just dude's going to give me nightmares. This is gross, <laughs> this is gross yep. looking. That is that is exactly how it was in the comics too. Like he was super skinny and just malnourished, and ugh, it was just hard to look at. And they're trying to escape this facility, and Superman doesn't know how to use his powers, and he starts cutting people in half with his laser eyes. Oh, uh, once he gets some sun, once he actually gets some yellow sun energy, like it just all comes to him at once, and so yeah. he he's trying to help. Because these people, you know, Cyborg and Flash and Batman, well, not Batman, but Cyborg and Flash have presented themselves as his friends. And so this is the only, these are the only friends he knows. So he's doing his best to protect them, but he doesn't know the limits to his power. He doesn't know how to contain his powers at all. So he's essentially, his heat vision is literally like laser cutting them or, you know, melting them. Not not melting, but like, uh almost like turning them to dust like right away like that's how hot it is he's got it's it on just, 
full blast. Everything. He's got it turned yeah. up to eleven, and he doesn't know <laughs> to how 11. to control that. Yeah, so <laughs> it was, that was pretty cool, though. I like that he just kind of unleashed his powers and just, yeah, just. And I think uh, Flash was just telling him like, close your eyes, like just close your eyes. And so he, yeah. because he he was, was energy was just going everywhere, and it was insane. So then he gets upset and flies away. So they're back to square one where they've gotten nothing. Yeah, no Superman. Um, so they're kind of regrouping with what would be, I guess, the Justice League, which is all the Shazam kids and Batman and Flash and Cyborg. And that's pretty much it. Um, and they're just trying to kind of figure out like what to do. And Batman's just like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to Gotham because there's going to be some looters, and I'm looking forward to that. And <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. He just wants to go back to Gotham so he can beat up all the looters. I was like, that's right. awesome, dude. <laughs> um, but they decide, like, hey, we got to get everyone together, and we're just going to take the fight to them pretty much. So Yeah, eventually they convince Batman to stay and uh, just to, to fight this war, to, to save the Earth, or not the, well, I guess, yes, to save the Earth, but to save America from this oncoming war, to save the world from the oncoming war. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, what I liked about this, like, the war scenes were really cool. Like, we're kind of glossing over those because we don't need to necessarily describe each and every one of them. But when it, it there were a lot of cuts where it would go over and show this battle happening. Yeah. And I like that, the Amazonians were using like mythological creatures, like minotaurs yes. and uh, centaurs and stuff, or not centaurs, um, Cerberus, like the yep. three-headed dogs, and, and the Atlanteans had like krakens and and leviathans and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and that that was really cool. I like that they just using everything at their disposal, and it was just it really is a grand war, and uh, the earth. Everyone else has a right to fear this war, and we see them kind of going in. Uh, we see the Shazam kids turn into Captain Thunder and start fighting Wonder Woman at the time. He's doing fairly well. He's at least matching up with her. And then I, what didn't happen in the comics, but I like that they did here. I actually prefer this. Is how Wonder Woman stopped the Captain Thunder. Yeah. She put her lasso of truth around his neck and had them tell her how to, you know, reverse this power and then made him say Shazam, which is how, you know, it splits them apart. And I thought and that was she, really smart. Then she murders Billy Batson. Oh right yeah, there, she just in just cold blood him. picks him up and stabs him. You like, hear oh it off screen, gosh. but it's like, yeah, man, she is vicious. She, she just murders a little kid right there. Yeah, um, she she has no chill. Thomas Wayne, <laughs> Thomas Wayne's Batman's got a pistol in each hand. Yeah, he's running around shooting everybody. We see uh, like all all the side characters that we've been seeing. We're seeing again like Grifter's there. Um, <laughs> Batman like throws a grenade and Grifter's like, sweet. They shoot Black Manta like right through the face. Oh yeah. They just blow the, his face wide open. I was like, the, whoa. The grenade uh, like cracks his helmet open and then Grifter and Batman he are both shooting him. at yeah. his face and you see, you blood, see blood come out, out and it's like, yeah. oh, well he's dead. Yeah. So, so there's I guess a lot of violence. So I guess the plan through all this is kind of like Flash um, at some point needs to run fast enough that he can go back in time um, because it's revealed because he runs into um, Thawne who's there like taunting him and, and stuff like that and like stabs him through the leg with something and mm. and it's revealed that the only way to stop this or the reason this happened in the first place is because at some point Flash goes back in time and saves his mom from being murdered and that is it does the butterfly effect where that one little change put the world on this this terrible path so it's essentially all Flash's fault yeah um, for being selfish and that's the that's the paradox of it is that the Flash trying to do something good ended up dis- basically destroying the world in doing so, in changing the past. The thing is, like like I said, he gets stabbed through the leg. Thon's kind of beating the crap out of him, and everything's just going awry. Like, I mean, everybody is dying. We see Grifter take an arrow through the face. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Aquaman literally rips Cyborg apart. And he he opens his heart up. And then that's when Superman comes back in to save his friend. And he he uh, heat beams uh, Aquaman's arm off. It cuts it just off, yeah. Quickly, just so fast, too. Like, he just, 
you, you barely even have time to register it happening. It just yeah. comes down and just lobs off his arm that he's about to use to stab um, Cyborg to the heart with. But Cyborg still ends up dying right then, but yeah. at least he goes out on a more positive note. You see Etrigan dead on the ground. I was like, no. Oh. Um, so all this is going on, and you're like, well, there's no way Flash is going to be able to get away from Thrawn. Um, but then Thomas Wayne blows a hole right through the dude. I was like, dang. Yeah. In, in the comics, Whoa. in the comics, Batman stabs him with one of the Amazonian swords. But this, they did this well because it set up the a really cool shot where. Yeah, you we see, see through him. Yeah, you see the front of because you're looking at the front of uh, Thawne's face while he's talking to Barry and about to basically telling him there's nothing you can do and the the world ending because at this point Aquaman had a, a failsafe to where if the Amazonians win they have a weapon of mass destruction. In this case, Captain Adam is captured. And uh, they're going to basically blow him up to make his powers blow up the world. And so since Aquaman is killed by Wonder Woman, that he sets that off as he dies. And you see this giant explosion coming, also very Rogue One-like. As this is happening, Thawne is bragging and saying, like, this, my death is worth it just to see you go out in shame, basically. And he gets shot through the head, like you said, by Thomas Wayne and opens a circle, a giant hole in his head that you can see Batman in the background through. And oh, because he was telling him, like, you can't go back in time because I'm siphoning the speed force energy. And then Batman's like, not anymore after he shoots him in the head. And then he just tells him to go just run. And so. Uh, since the speed force allows Barry to heal quickly, like he's limping at first because he just got stabbed through the leg with that pipe or with yeah. that uh, steel bar, but he's healing as he's going and kind of picking up speed and eventually just like shoots through, goes back into the uh, into the time stream. And then he has to stop himself at that point from saving his mom. And that's got to be like the hardest decision that he's ever had to make right there. The drama of that was not lost on me. I was just like, oh my gosh, he has to like let his mom just die in the horrible way that she does. I gotta say, there wasn't, for me, there wasn't a whole lot to this movie that made me really like Barry Allen or The Flash, aside from this moment. Like, this moment kind of clued me into his character a little bit, whereas the rest of it, I was just kind of like, well, any hero in this predicament would be having the same reactions that he's having. It could have been anybody. Um, But here, I'm just like, oh, man, like, realizing he's got to let his mom die and stuff like that. Because I think about Batman, and his whole thing is, he is who he is because his parents died. If he could save his parents from dying, would he have done it? I feel like he would have, you know, and the consequences. But where Barry's just like, I have to let her die, or else I bring this on. You know, I bring on the apocalypse, basically, if my (laughs) mom doesn't die, which is a weird thing to think about. Essentially, yeah. And luckily, there's a good send-off, at least for Batman, in a way, so Thomas Wayne, as he's dying and sends Barry off, he hands him a letter and asks him to give it to Bruce when he gets back to his timeline. Yes. And so the final scene, we get to see them. And actually, both Batman and Flash are in their New 52 costume. So this is showing you that this is now the New 52. And so uh, as the movie is about to close out, Flash hands him the letter and he sees that it's from his dad. And he's, basically, it's his dad telling him to continue fighting for what's right and whatnot. And, and then uh, he cries. And then you get to see Bruce cry, which is something you I'm never like, see. Man, don't make Batman cry. Come on. <laughs> no, I don't want to see Batman cry. That's a, the send-off of the movie, and that really opened up the New 52. And so this, for me, this movie or this series in and of itself was better than the New 52. Like, the, the actual lead-in to it was better than the result. Well, Chris, looks like it's about time we break the time barrier ourselves to run back and warn our inner kids to never save anyone, ever, not even in the present, because it will definitely, probably lead to the Armageddon. Oh, and also to see what they thought of the Flashpoint Paradox movie. This cartoon helped me realize that even superheroes have the potential to be huge jerks, which is why I always root for the bad guys. But I think Thomas Wayne might be the best Batman. He can beat up anyone, even though he's super old. Even a crybaby like Barry Allen. I gave this cartoon five bowls of Oops, I Broke the Time Stream cereal out of five. 
And now I'm going to go have nightmares about that creepy Superman. Bye. I've always been a fan of what-if style stories, and seeing unique spins on all of these well-known characters was a real treat. The action scenes were top-notch, and I think I actually preferred the way some scenes were presented even better than I did in the comics. Some, but not all. The Flashpoint Paradox did glaze over a few important story elements and maybe felt a tad rushed at times, no pun intended, but I suppose that's sort of the nature of the beast when you're condensing an entire comic book crossover series into a single film. That aside, I think this movie did a commendable job doing the source material justice, and I'd give it 4.5 big bowls of time boom cereal out of 5. After seeing this movie, I feel like little Chris and I should definitely strap ourselves into an electric chair surrounded by green chemicals and try our best to get struck by lightning. Go Speed Force! I always try to get struck by lightning. If movies have taught me anything, it's that getting struck by lightning always gives you superpowers. So do you have any final thoughts about Flashpoint Paradox? For me, and I, I see, I've seen most of the DC animated movies. For me, this is one of the more faithful to the comic ones. One of the ones that was really far from it was a Superman Doomsday movie. Like, do not watch that movie. Uh, if you want to see that storyline, actually read it. Back to my main point, this one actually did it justice, and I really enjoyed this film. I liked it as a comic. I liked it as a movie. So it's a cool... It's a cool storyline. The results weren't as good, like I said, with the New 52, but the lead-up was great, so check it out if you haven't already. And also, if you don't know about Thomas Wayne Batman, you need to know about Thomas Wayne Batman. You know, I have to say that, um, I mean, this movie was kind of centered around The Flash, and The Flash is probably the larger DC hero that I know the least about. And like I said, honestly, this cartoon did not really make me any more interested in him as a character. But the story itself was fantastic. I love the dark alternate reality. Um, the version of Batman with Thomas Wayne was freaking amazing. And seeing all these heroes and villains all duking it out at the end was visually and just really emotionally intense. So I can forgive the cartoon for not making Barry Allen all that interesting to me. Um, aside from letting his mom day at the end for the greater good. That was appealing, you know, like I said, but... Um, and I, I can also forgive that Aquaman and Superman look really stupid in this <laughs> film. But like I said, the story is great. The animation looked great aside from those two. Um, so I had to give it five. I really enjoyed it. And it made me want to read the comics. So good job. Yeah, it definitely did its job then. So thank you, Nico from New World Nerds. Really appreciate Thanks. you recommending this. Yeah, dude. Oh, that was lame. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Don't ever let me do that again. <laughs> Bodacious. Radical. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply is now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching... Drac Pack, submitted via Twitter by Scott, at Pat Mosby. Drac Pack. I was actually... I saw that cover the other day, and I was like, I've never seen this, but yep. now's my chance. All I know is it's got something to do with the Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> the Dracula? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com. 